0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Frinelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Go ahead and smash that like button. It helps grow the show. It helps let people... More people know about what we got going on here at Cover Three. What we have going on today is a continuation of the conversation that we had on Wednesday as we are putting together our preseason all transfer team. Uh, the offense wrote, had robust debates and selections. We will review that team in a little bit. And because it is a Thursday, we of course are going to dive into the big old bag of mail. Got a couple goodies. Uh, excited to get into that. Tom. You and I, I think, were called out for not celebrating the U.S. men's national team enough today. You are wearing your kit from the strangest celebration ever when you lose two to nothing, and yet you are so excited to be have officially qualified for the World Cup. Uh, it's I guess it's good to see you making up for uh, where we dropped the ball uh, after the. The zero zero, because we didn't celebrate the zero zero tie uh, at Mexico enough, so now you're at least celebrating the two zero loss, which because it wasn't a nine zero loss, means yes, the United so- States will be going to the World Cup. Yeah,
1: we only—I I wasn't celebrating anything until they were in. Like I thought it was pretty naive just to think that the United States couldn't lose a soccer match six to nothing in a critical time. Because as I tweeted yesterday, I says, wouldn't it be hilarious?
0: Yeah, the wouldn't it be hilarious principle of losing to Costa Rica at home in San Jose? Uh, <laughs> but Danny, what's our what's our excitement level for the U.S. men's national team back in the uh, back in the World Cup for the first time since 2014?
2: Uh, we got a lot of soccer pods on CBS, and uh, I like when my stock does well, so my excitement
3: is off the charts. I love it just as much as I love college basketball. Every four Maybe years. I get to have some fun with soccer fans in the US and it is back, baby. I'll be back. <laughs> the troll fingers will be active. We shall see. When when About the US gets it. No, it actually like it, it is this year? Or is it what? like you yeah, it's for like next this year.
1: fall? No, it's like oh, this wow. fall. Oh, this yeah. fall. I'm sure I'll be watching a lot. Yeah, so I'm saying I, it's going to be happening
3: during like college football season, so I'm ooh. not going to be able to watch. <laughs> Just more troll fodder for me when those. but it'd be interesting to see how the ratings Gosh. go. I will watch though with the U.S. in it. I'll be interested because that was always my thing before. Like, how can you guys watch that? We don't have a team to root for. Now that we do, let's go. I'll got, I gotta, I'll have a, my scarf. My scarf. American <laughs> Outlaws. Is that what we are? Yep. All right. Let's go. See. Just I'm happy. have to I redo actually. my tweet deck columns
2: because some of these folks are. are You get some of these college ball media that are too cool to actually like you know say they like college football, but they love soccer. Like, not like Chip and Tom, who clearly actually like college football, but (laughs) it's like I just I just do this for my job. My real passion is soccer. And then they're gonna be tweeting like wow, OMG, like all all throughout my newsbreakers timeline and and my my analyst timeline. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to like like all the different spellings of reactions to to mute. American (laughs) soccer Twitter is hilarious because a lot of the people that this is
1: just a blanket. You know, blanket statement, so don't be offended if you feel you're different. But I feel like most Americans who are, quote-unquote, into soccer don't really understand soccer. So all you get are, like, player names in all caps with lots of exclamation points anytime they score. And that's literally all you ever get. (laughs) Like, nobody's like, oh, that was a – I love the way that they dropped back there. And they made that little set piece of routines with that one pass to open up space. It's always like, woo, Pulisic,
3: yeah, because they don't know anything else. (laughs) All right, one, just one – just like throw us an olive branch because I remember watching soccer at various times and I would complain about overtime, or I would say, you know, PKs are great, which apparently aren't well liked in the soccer community. So I would complain about the sport, which is kind of what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the soccer mafia comes after me like, oh, you you know, you don't know stick to what you do. You don't know why. Why don't you criticize your sport? and Stay away from ours. I'm like, I do. That's all we do. Is for <laughs> our sport when we try to fix it like that's all we do. That's what we do in this country. So the fact that I'm complaining about your sport is actually a good thing. It means people yes. are watching. Don't be so sensitive and be like, our sport's perfect. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. Don't
1: gatekeep. If people want to watch a sport, they don't have to know every single thing about it to enjoy yes. it. Just let them watch it. Yes.
0: But the smile on Danny Cannell's face. When he gets that flopping, that first oh, flopping oh, tweet going.
3: Well, they don't do that in football. They don't fake injuries in football. I hear it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> Call it an aerosol can on a campfire and let's see what happens. <laughs> hey, shout out to Alex in the chat. He says, expand the World Cup. We need more parity. That's right,
1: Alex. That's right. We got to stop. I'm getting tired of Brazil and Germany winning it all the time. We need to put more teams in there. It's the only Uh, way Italy can get in.
0: Had had some fun with our listeners reached out. So we wanted to uh, to, wanted to follow up on that one, especially when I saw Tom uh, rocking the kit. Congratulations to the U.S. Men's National Team. And as Bud mentioned, in soccer, we trust. It's Jimmy Codrad. It's Heath Pierce. It's Charlie Davies. Three former U.S. M.N.T. Uh, stars all getting together to talk about all things uh, American domestic football. So to recap what we had from Wednesday's show as we were going through trying to name our preseason all-transfer team, the quarterback, Caleb Williams, who of course will be at USC after being at Oklahoma. For running back, running back one was, was not a debate. Jameer Gibbs, who will be at Alabama, and we expect him to be very productive in that offense. Our wide receivers were Jermaine Burton, also at Alabama, and Jaden Hazelwood, who went from Oklahoma to Arkansas. Our tight end, Austin Stogner, formerly of the Sooners, now will be with uh, Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. At offensive tackle, we went with Kingsley Suamatea, who will be at BYU after playing at Oregon, and Tyler Steen, who has yet to commit to where he will be playing next. He was at Vanderbilt, a uh, former three-star prospect with a 91 rating by the transfer committee. Interior offensive lineman, Victor Oluwotimi, uh, who will be at Michigan, played at Virginia. The Osiris Torrance, who joined Billy Napier on the move from Louisiana to Florida. And then Tremon Shorts from East Tennessee State University, who is one of the many transfers in that LSU hall. I don't remember who he gave the flex to. <laughs>
1: Uh, Zach I know that. Evans? I know, yeah. Bud and I voted for Zach Evans.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm cool with that at this point. Because we went upside,
2: mm-hmm. right? You know,
1: we were talking. So- we had that great locker room culture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got the locker room culture to be able to get Zach Evans in line, so he's not going to miss time like the way he has in high school and so far at his time at TCU. So our flex position, we end up with two running backs: Jameer Gibbs and Zach Evans. All right, we will turn our attention now. To the defensive side of the ball and let's start with the edge rushers uh, a couple of options right here one of them at uh, florida state uh, from albany jared verse we've also got uh, sean mathis uncommitted but coming out of tcu and landon jackson uh who is transferring within the sec west from lsu to arkansas who who are some of the names of what's the, the one that we want to jump on first and make sure that we get on our all transfer team? And I I'm of course hoping that our Knowles will be able to tell us what to expect from Jared Verse.
2: So uh Jared Verse is not going to be as good immediately as Jermaine Johnson uh, was for FSU this year, but Jermaine Johnson's also being mocked inside the top ten right now in some of these NFL drafts. Tom's nodding his head. I know he does does an NFL mock pretty frequently. Uh, to me, I would I would say the two are 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 Mathis and Verse. Um, Jackson is more of a long-term potential guy, but in yesterday's show, we did discuss how like we're trying to build this team to be the best team in 2022. Uh, Verse has been good in practice so far. He's got a lot of speed relative to his size. I think he'll be a pretty productive player uh, for them, just not quite as good as Jermaine Johnson was. And Mathis is a, is a pretty proven guy as well. That's that's my picks.
3: Um, I can't wait to see verse in person, Um, kind of see what he's all about and go up and watch the spring game. Um, I think the fact that he was heavily sought after, you know, LSU, Oklahoma, he had offers from a lot of these schools. Um, A little bit concerned about the jump. Like, it's one thing for Jermaine Johnson to be at Georgia, playing in the SEC, not seeing the field because of that squad he's around, versus the guy who's at Albany, you know, tearing it up, but it's a different level of play. Like, how does that jump? Like, clearly, you go with SEC, ACC, and Jermaine Johnson talked about this. Like he's he's very defensive about it saying, hey, I, I didn't see much difference in a quality of play, but it's still, you're not going against every week against some of the talent you are. And I think Jermaine Johnson was able to take advantage of that. I'm also a little bit worried about the comparison to like the expectation. Oh, this is FSU same. They found gold last year, they're going to find it again. Oh. Because I don't know if you are going to be able to live up to that top 10 expectation, but I do think you could still be. An all ACC type performer, you know. I think that's I think that's a, a reasonable expectation. So I, I'm a little bit cautious because of the jump, but the, the what you hear people saying about him, I think is really pos, uh, positive. And then I would see Mathis playing at TCU, having some success there. Like defensive coach leaving, seeing an opportunity. Um, I really liked what I saw of him on tape too. So I would tend to agree with Bud here.
1: Yeah, and like the, I don't think Mathis is a truly like incredibly high ceiling but he's just been productive and you kind of already know what you're going to get so you're going to get a solid player there so I definitely one of my votes is for Mathis I haven't seen verse so I can't really speak to that Landon Jackson didn't play really except for on special teams at LSU last year so my other my other nomination is going to be for Cameron Butler who is transferring to Virginia from Miami of Ohio and I saw a lot of him playing at Miami of Ohio he was very productive for the Red Hawks last year he had eight sacks. He had 13 tackles for loss. And he was just one of those, like the one guy on their defensive line that kind of just wrecked plays. Like, he, he was a one man force. He blew some stuff up on his own and I think that we got to see how that kind of translates moving to a power five but at the Mac, he was a very productive player and I think he's somebody that could be useful in that Virginia defense. So I'm going to give him
0: my vote. So Mathis is in. We've got one, edge one. Mathis is in. Uh, verse against... Um, hmm. what's the what is the expectation of bringing in Randy Shannon from a coaching standpoint? Because Randy Shannon, from the, his connection with coaches all throughout the state, I I obviously viewed that as something that was going to bring positive um, improvements or the opportunities could be there for Florida State. But what is the like? What is the book on him as somebody who's coming in as a, a linebackers coach and co defensive coordinator?
2: Um, I'm not real high on that move. Ooh. at all. I, I wasn't really impressed uh, with what he did at UCI or Florida, to be honest. I think so. He was a, an analyst on last year's defense, and, and the defense did improve. Uh, I think some of the guys in that defense get along with him better than they do the other defensive coordinator, just as far as personality traits. Uh, so I, I think making him the co-DC uh, was in part uh, sort of a an HR type move to you know, have better relations there on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he also got a but they think they got a total steal in the linebacker from UCF, Bethune, uh, who, like, not only I think exp- will start for them, but might be their best backer. Uh, but I, I wouldn't. I don't think that they're going to change what they do up front all that much um, on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Verse is clearly their best pass rusher, and I don't think it's really close.
0: I'll go with Verse. Or if we're putting together expectations for this season and what we think is going to happen this year production
3: sack numbers what about antonio doyle going from texas AM to jackson state one of Deion sanders commits going from sec down to fcs i remember he was a highly better tearing up
1: yeah he was a highly rated player out of high school i remember that like he ended up at texas a and i know illinois was pushing really hard for him that they never really had a legit chance but yeah, no. I mean, I think going down, moving down a level like that, he's a talented player. He just never really kind of broke through at Texas A&M to
2: get a regular role. That's not a bad one either, um, Tom. I, I I like your Butler pick too. I think that's a really good nomination. Um, I wonder if you don't you don't see more guys jump in the portal and uh, the, the the kid Miami took as well. Uh, I I know was was pretty pretty highly acclaimed at UCLA. Mm-hmm. So. There's some good options here. I don't know that we have like the, the absolute standout options that maybe we have at some other positions. You know, almost everybody comes with some questions.
1: Yeah, like I don't think we've got any national award winners in this group, but I think we've got some very solid depth guys.
2: Oh, and, you know how they got, you know how they got on verse, right? No. So Syracuse played Albany the week before or two weeks before, and so they were, do, they, <laughs> so were doing they were doing watching Syracuse tape. <laughs> they were yeah. doing their prep, and Verse just crushed Syracuse, and they're like,
3: ooh who is who is this guy? I remember um, trying to like they were trying to keep it under wraps like well you're not allowed to contact him visually so they you know no but I meant like him as a player like hoping oh, fingers yeah. crossed no one else saw that film you know like hopefully nobody found him <laughs> Good luck Seren- with that.
2: serendipity <laughs> yeah. he was a he was a, a garage um, garage gym pandemic uh product his dad oh. set up a garage gym and he put on like 40 pounds. Wow. Hmm. Just
3: lift every day. because a lot of people put on 40 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the garage, though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Come back as a sponsor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to pick a second edge, though. Who's it going to be? First is fine.
3: Okay.
1: I got my honorary mention in. That's
2: all I wanted to make sure
1: of. Having seen
3: it, but I
2: like it. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'd be surprised if there are that many better transfer pass rushers than Verse.
0: And again, the expectation should not be ACC defensive player of the year.
2: And not top 10 pick, no. Right, right.
0: and not top 10 pick because he was the best. He was he was incredible last year, Jermaine Johnson. All right, interior defensive line Ooh, this is where it gets fun. Makai Wingo, a very good player who's transferring from Missouri to LSU. Again, when we talked about LSU's transfer class, he is one of the top three, four, five names that we mentioned in that group. He had 27 tackles, two tackles for loss, Ah, uh, last season at Missouri. He was a 94 rating by the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee. Jackson player, he will be at Tulsa, he will be at Baylor coming from Tulsa. He got a 90 rating from the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee. And Jeffrey Johnson, who shows up at Oklahoma from Tulane, a 90 rating from the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee. He had 15 tackles for loss and 10 sacks across 42 games in his career. Uh, at two lanes. We got some experience from Jackson Player, we got some experience in Jeffrey Johnson, uh, and uh, then we've got 1 year of starting experience for Makai Wingo from his time at Missouri. Uh let's let's go two. We want we want four down linemen on this team, right? Yeah. Okay. So, who and of course if there's other names for interior defensive line that stand out to you, we we are interested in that as well. Wingo for me. That's Yeah, I think
1: Wingo is probably going to be anonymous. Okay.
0: So how do we fill out the other spot?
1: I I I, I don't know. Jordan put this list together, right? Yeah. Jordan did. got Jordan got the wrong Oklahoma transfer. I agree. I think Jonah is Yeah, stud. Jonah Laulu. Like he was like, that's the kind of guy who from the interior at Hawaii. And again, it's the Mountain West, so you don't really know how it's going to transfer to the you know, playing at Oklahoma in the Big 12. But this is an interior defensive lineman who finished with eight tackles for a loss and four sacks mm-hmm. last year. He's a disruptive force for that Hawaii defense. I think I would I I think he's a player that should be on this list.
0: Jonah Laulu. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Um yeah, I mean he's he's pretty explosive. I, I a buddy of mine is DPP at a school out west, and he I, I can't repeat on this show exactly what he said, but it was something freak. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they 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 played him. Um, I, I think he's going to be an impact guy for Oklahoma. The other thing is like we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel at this position. If you're a real good D tackle, typically, and you're proven. Um, You're not your school's going to <laughs> find some nil money for you. These yes. guys, God doesn't make a whole lot of these dudes. You know, um, I just I've been looking at the other guys who twenty four seven sports put higher grades on, and just like internally, what I think is like this kid's super lazy. This grade's all potential. This kid's got some potential, but he's always hurt. Um, you know, like it, it drops off pretty fast. If you needed a defensive tackle this year, you were probably in trouble as far as getting a, a top end one.
0: So did LSU get the like far and away top tier best interior defensive lineman from the transfer portal? I, I think, think so.
2: far away, but he's like, like, I think he's probably the best. I mean, yeah, you saw him. He was talented
1: out of high school, too, but you just saw him produce at an SEC defense against SEC offensive line. So you just kind of already have a pretty solid baseline of what he is.
3: Okay, Um, I think uh, the Jackson player, I don't mind either. Played a lot of snaps, going to where he's going with Dave Aranda, defensive mind, like I think that's a good system fit for him. Playing the Big 12, be a run stopper. I wouldn't wouldn't be opposed to him on this list too.
2: I think that's a good fit as well. Uh, And I I don't want to slight Jeffrey Johnson. Um, You know, in taking him, uh, there's not a whole lot of holdovers on that Oklahoma staff. But remember, Oklahoma played Tulane last year. Mm-hmm. So they have film of him against their guys. That's a valuable data point. Mm.
0: Also, stupid.
1: Also, just based on his history at Clemson, I, I have confidence that Brent Venables knows what he wants in defensive linemen. Yeah,
0: and he I took agree.
3: Todd Bates with him, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I I think they're both going to be good. I was just surprised Lauli didn't get on the list.
3: I do. It's been the one position like. The defensive line play in general has been one that I mean Oklahoma fans, coaches, even Lincoln Rye would admit it. Like we, that's where we lack, and it's always been that conference's mo is we don't have the defensive line play that the championship caliber SEC, ACC, Big Ten teams do. So filling that position could be huge for them. You don't see those dudes out there, right? For at, at the high school level, they are just they're it's it's not like it is in the
2: Southeast. There's, yeah, it's the same in the Midwest too. And That's why there's, huh, I don't, we'll talk about it
1: off air.
0: <laughs> what? Why? why I, I just don't
1: want to, I don't want to be talking about it, you know, or people might hear it. So we'll talk about it off air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you want to sponsor the Cover Three podcast and pay a whole bunch of money, we'll, we'll put it on air. <laughs> like, um, all right. So we got to pick a second to go with Wingo. I can be swayed to, to put my vote for Jonah Laulu. Right. do that. I'll take. I'll take it. Jonah Laulu from Hawaii to Oklahoma. You are second interior defensive lineman. All right. Now we go to where there's more more body types like this all across America. Linebackers and defensive backs working it working our way into the back seven at the linebacker position. We've got uh, Drew Sanders, who you know, former five star prospect from Alabama to Arkansas, never really got a chance to play much for the Crimson Tide. We've got Mama. Mahamoud Diabate? Is Mahmoud that- Diabate. Mahmoud uh, Diabate. Is he related to the um diabate for Michigan basketball?
2: I don't know. He is from Alabama. So where's the Michigan basketball kid from? France. Uh, then, unlikely.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Alabama.
1: Alabama is the England of the South. It's not the France in the South.
0: Um yeah, he's from uh Musa Diabate is from Paris. All right. Uh former four-star prospect, 91 rating again from Florida to Utah. Jackson Sermon leaving Washington. He will be at Cal. We've got Troy Brown uh, from Central Michigan to Ole Miss. Is Drew Sanders is interesting to me because I always had his name on my board of players to watch, and I never feel like I really got a chance to watch him. I imagine that he's going to be able to see the field faster at Arkansas, but I'm not ready to throw him out as my linebacker. Number one quite yet. What do we know? Or what do we think about some of these other names or other linebackers that are not mentioned um, in those uh, of those four that I meant put together?
2: I think there's a lot of good choices here. Um, like maybe no like amazing choices. Uh, Jackson sermon is a, pretty good player. You know, he he was he was all Pac-12, um, pretty smart guy. I, you know, his son is or excuse me, the son of of, of Peter Sherman. Um, and now he's going to play, you know, for for Justin Wilcox at Cal. Like that's I think he's going to be extremely productive and very good for them. So he would be the one that I'd I think would most want to vote for. Um, but there's a lot of good options here.
1: Yeah, uh, I think Troy Brown, I mean, I have concerns about him. I think that at Central Michigan, he was a very productive player, and I think that he's going to be a good guy that can come in there. But it's just, I wonder about his size holding up. I mean, he was listed, if I'm looking looking at his bio right now, he was listed at 6'2", 218, and... If that's what they're listing him at, it's like, I just worry about that moving to Ole Miss. Like, I think he can move well and he's going to be useful in that way. But going up against, if, if SEC offensive linemen get on him, that might be a problem. Like, his ability to shed blocks at that level. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But I do think he's a talented player and he was very productive for the Chippewas, so I would definitely give him a nod. I would ask Bud, like, he didn't play much at Alabama, obviously, but Drew Sanders, former five-star, quickly after, like, what one year transferring to Arkansas, what's the deal
2: there? So, Drew Sanders was a multi position kid in high school, kind of a, a total Swiss Army knife who's just a, a really freakish athlete. Um, I would say that his five star rating out of high school was more of an upside rating rather than an instant impact rating. You know, like we, we don't issue two ratings, but obviously, there's you need to factor in floor and ceiling. Very explosive guy. Uh, I, I think he would have had an impact at Alabama at some point had he stayed. Uh, we'll see how quickly they can get him into that Arkansas defense. You know, one thing with Barry Odom, um, their Arkansas DC, they're like one of the most humble defenses in the country. We've talked about this, Like right? Blitz? No, no, no. We'll, just, we'll, we'll sit back. We'll play red zone roulette. We'll, we'll try to win that game. We're confident that Kendall you know, and the offense can score uh, enough points. Uh, we don't want to give up the explosive play. I, I'm interested to see how they fit him in there. And there's it's hard to go wrong here. There's a lot of, of pretty solid choices. Uh, But he's not like an, to me, he's maybe not an instant impact guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it wouldn't surprise me to see him break out of Arkansas either.
0: Did Alabama ever think about moving him to offense? Mm -hmm. Like when he showed up or was he always going to be a linebacker? Not that I recall. Because we had a Drew Sanders and a Trey Sanders, right?
2: Trey Sanders is from Port St. Joe, which is up in the panhandle of Florida and played for IMG. Yeah. Yeah. Is Trey still there? Does he have one year left?
0: He ain't starting over Jameer Gibbs.
2: <laughs> no, that's
0: true. <laughs> that's 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 my prediction. And the funny thing about Arkansas was, I, I remember last season spending uh, time here on this podcast on, on CBS Sports HQ discussing, you know, the way that that Arkansas defense was able to cause so many problems for Texas, the way that that you know was able to uh, propel. The Razorbacks out into that a very very strong start that also included a win against Texas A and M and then it was like Ole Miss put up fifty two on them and you know and then you start to like go down the the list and you're like, okay well it's still a very good defense but it is not an unbeatable defense you know Alabama puts up forty two on them very good offenses that we're talking about right now but um, I feel like I went too hard on it last year but I agree with you in general with the principle that uh, for somebody who's very athletic. Play in the linebacker position. Uh, there's probably lots of different ways that he can have an impact. I'll we'll go ahead. I was going to say here's
1: another not, Terrence Lewis, a former. He was a five star in the composite, went to Maryland, didn't play last year, has transferred to UCF. Talent wise, maybe at a second. You know, going to UCF where maybe he maybe feels like he can get on the field. If he does get on the field, I would just say based on his rating out of high school, and he's from the Florida area.
2: So, but I'll defer to you, see if you saw him at camp.
1: Is bud that already kid?
0: told us. Bud yeah, already it's all off-field All stuff. the oh, ice okay. water. Okay.
2: That's right. If, if, yep. if he keeps yep. it together and stays on field, then he then he'll be the best one. I forgot we talked about him. Yep. All right. Cool.
0: Yeah. The, let me let's see. If, I'm not going to do a Bud impression, but I think that I can remember. It's like in terms of physical traits, absolutely. But and he just shrugged at the camera. <laughs> yeah, physically, sure, but. Like, um yeah i'm not gonna uh, a name to keep an eye on okay um, so we've got a, a couple
2: jacoby uh, winman as well yeah. like not not to keep throwing names in here and make the show go forever but that, that's a nice pull for michigan state out of unlv like like that guy tackled everything for the rebels last year
0: tyron hopper or tyron hopper yeah uh, from florida Jordan, missouri. To missouri it's another one that is being mentioned by the chat. Thanks. God and, knows I, I Missouri could on. use
1: Missouri could use somebody who can tackle.
0: Yeah, I will <laughs>
2: say like Florida did not love its linebackers last year. Like just from the vibe I got from the, from the the previous staff. So I don't. Know, maybe it was on the previous staff. Maybe maybe Hopper will kill it there. He's been very productive. Um, I don't know. I I don't know the pick, guys.
0: Oh, let me. I'll throw uh, Sanders and Sermon in as my like first two that I, I'd like to bring into the barn.
3: I would say I, Sermon, too. I like three-year starter, uh, three-year produ- producer at Washington, son of a coach, son of a player, like all that, and then going back to play for his dad. And there's something about it. Like if you were going there straight out of high school, I think there's a little bit of a side eye like, oh, great, here comes the coach's kid. But if you've already played elsewhere and had a lot of production, I don't think you have to fight that battle anywhere near as much. So I, I like that aspect to it. And, and, and our the defense other thing, Washington wasn't the defense. Right. Their defense was good. Yeah, yeah, and then you I mean you lose the coach. It's kind of a you know, it sounds like that the environment was not great for anybody there under Jimmy Lake. There's been coaching turnover, so I kind of like that aspect of it. Do you think there's any chance that Drew Sanders could have been a guy kind of like a Jermaine Johnson, like hey, crowded, talented defense? I'm going to go somewhere else and thrive. So that would kind of be my lean there. Just because you can't get it done at Bama doesn't mean you can get it done somewhere else. Yeah, I I, I, I could buy that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm
1: good with Sanders and Sermon, and then maybe just keep an eye on uh, Hopper because he can tackle. Mizzou needs that. Troy Brown, I think, moves really well, so we'll see how he handles it. And then I also think Diabate, if he's filling like the Devin Lloyd role at Utah, he's gonna put up numbers.
2: I think he's more of like a pass rusher type. Yeah, yeah, just like like the the frame that the ability to to rush off the edge. I, I think he'll he'll get some some nice pass pass pressure for those guys.
0: All right, so we need a third, Bud. Where, where oh, I thought we were going
2: two backers and, and five DBs. Oh, two
0: backers. Oh, so we're good. Sanders and Sermon. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah I right. need a nickel, Chip. Come on.
0: Come on. This is a modern team here on the all transfer <laughs> team. So we got J- Jackson Sermon and Drew Sanders as our two selections for linebacker. Coming up on the other side, we turn our attention to the defensive backfield. Who are the best transfers at the defensive back positions? Cornerback, safety, and nickel. And a couple of the questions from the big old bag of mail next
2: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe
1: get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
0: turning our attention to the defensive backfield
3: great offerings
0: let's, let's start at the cornerback position where uh, we mentioned Jimmy or Gibbs like there's the, the the two sides to it because Jameer Gibbs is our star offensive transfer. in. Oh, and Jermaine Burton. But then there's also Eli Ricks, former five-star prospect coming out of high school. Uh, play, went to LSU. He was two seasons at LSU, had five interceptions, six pass breakups, and got a 99 rating by the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee. Clearly going to be one of the headliners of this conversation, but not the only name to know. Jarek Bernard shows up at LSU. LSU had a lot of needs because of all the transfer talent out. Uh, he comes from Oklahoma State. He got a 93 rating by the transfer committee. Dwight McGovern uh, leaves LSU, arrives at Mississippi State, got a 91 rating from the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee. Uh, two seasons, 12 games at, Mississippi, at LSU. And Jay Shaw leaves UCLA, arrives at Wisconsin, a three-star prospect with a 92 rating by the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee. He's appeared in 31 games across four seasons for UCLA. Uh, Jarek Bernard, also a four-year player, 49 games at Oklahoma State. So this is a, this is a nice collection of uh, high-end talent and also some real experience here. Where, where do we want to start throwing our weight behind for the debating process? I
3: mean, don't, it's, don't you think there's one easy one yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> that's right we're
1: not putting Eli Ricks on the team that's easy no.
0: <laughs> I mean but yeah, no. like what is everyone just is the expectation what did Chris did Hummer like- tell us
2: in that episode Ohio State didn't take Eli Ricks because their guys on their team knew how good he was and they, they would have transferred out <laughs> the dudes at Ohio State know that he's better than them <laughs> He's be Rick fun. is on the team. Like, <laughs> he's a stud. Is he going to be
0: like an all-American.
2: Yeah, he might be. Yeah,
3: I think he should be. Like talent-wise, he'll he's probably be a preseason him. all-American. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, out of all these, including the quarterbacks, is he the safest pick?
1: I think Jameer Gibbs is just because running backs are so far easier to predict. But I would say definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I. F- yeah, I think so.
2: There may be a safety who's who's pretty like I'd I'd be shocked if if he's a bust. Um, yeah, I think Rick's is the easy choice. Just the, the length and fluidity, um, and the top end are very hard to come by. And, uh, I think he will start for Alabama and, uh,
0: you can trust him on an island. He's gonna sit out there and do everything that Pete Golding and Nick Saban want him to be able to do within the scheme of that offense. Just shut down mm-hmm. so. and be athletically ready for every single wide receiver that is gonna be out there. We
2: mm-hmm. we don't give out a whole lot of ninety nines, you know, uh recruit ranking wise, and, and he got one. All
0: That's right, good. so who gets who gets the other spot?
1: I'm confused because on our on our sheet from Jordan, he's listed as a safety, but on 24-7, he's listed as a corner. Is Tanner McAllister, cause is Tanner McAllister more of, kind of like a hybrid, or where is he going to be playing at Ohio State? Because it depends on his position of whether I'm going to nominate him, because he's going to be one of them for me.
2: Yeah, I'm going to nominate him, too. I, I Jordan put him on the sheet of safety. Is he expected to play safety order? for Ohio State I, now? I, I I don't know. I felt like at o- Oklahoma State, he
1: was kind of in between. But... I just think that he's a very talented player. And then, obviously, like we talked about it yesterday with some of these transfers, he was at Oklahoma State. Jim Knowles leaves Oklahoma State to become the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. And the biggest problem that Ohio State had last year was in the secondary. And what's one of the first things Knowles does? He brings McAllister, one of his defensive oh, backs yes. from Oklahoma State to Ohio State, which it's a obviously he's familiar with the defense. So having a guy in the locker room who can help explain it to his teammates when he's not there is a huge thing to have. But also he's clearly very high on him as knowing his role in the defense and his ability to perform that role in the defense. So I think the McAllister for me, I'm going to count him as a corner. Maybe he's an in the box safety. Maybe Can I suggest a- something? Sure. Can he be
2: our nickel? Let's split the baby and, yeah. and make him our nickel? Yeah, that's if, fine. If he's got the ability to do both. Um I like cool. that, too.
0: Yeah, David in the chat, Uh, I'm sure he's a Cowboys fan, mentions he was a hybrid guy at Oklahoma State. So Tanner takes over our nickel spot, which leaves still a cornerback spot available.
2: Well, I'm biased here. Like, let's, let's hear it. Dwight McClothern is just yeah. an awesome kid, man. Like, just... He, he's a cool kid to talk to. Most times, like I'm talking to a high school kid. Like Dwight is legitimately funny. I think he's a pretty good player, and he's cool. So I don't know if we're gonna pick him, but shout out Dwight. Uh, He's a guy I always enjoyed covering. You know, didn't take himself too seriously. Pretty good athlete, obviously. Like if you're that long, and you pick between A and M and LSU, um, you you got some juice to you. But I I want to hear what you guys think on the other ones. I think Jay Shaw's good. He had three picks last year for
1: UCLA. He's, he's a good cover guy. I think that I, I feel like Wisconsin when you look at what they've done at the cornerback position over the years, it's like they very rarely have like a stellar like top guy that's going to go to the nfl be a first round or second round pick but they generally have pretty solid corners and they have guys that work really well in the defense so obviously what they saw from jay shaw on tape once he entered the portal they feel like that's going to be a good fit so if they're going after him because they do need to replenish that spot
2: i do expect he'll be productive i don't know if he's the most talented of these guys though um i do want to throw out one other guy by the way uh tommy hill from here in orlando it was one of those uh, pandemic, like, lost season evals who signed with Arizona State. I thought Arizona State did a nice job on him. He was mainly a receiver in high school, and then he played some corner. I like him a lot as a corner, and he's since transferred to Nebraska. So I don't know if he's going to be an instant impact guy for them this year, but if you guys are Huskers fans listening, I thought that was a really nice kit for you.
0: What about Bernard?
2: He's not bad either. Because <laughs> Bernard's going to start, right? First team All-Big 12. I mean, yeah, yeah I feel like he's coming in to take Rick's place
1: for the right. most That's part. What I, was, I was like, there's
0: nothing but PT down yeah, there in Baton Rouge.
3: Oklahoma State's defense was good last year. I don't think there's any, like, if you look at the tea leaves, like they just missed out on the Big 12 championship, you know, an inch short. Probably looking at, like, you want to go play for a chance for a national championship and reading the tea leaves of college football, you're probably, and just going, maybe getting better offers and those types of things. So I think. That's why the SEC keeps getting stronger. Big Ten gets keeps getting stronger. You're taking some of the best players from these programs that are just behind. I tend to lean to the guys that played well at that level because it's not, not not any shame in that either. Yeah, and all these guys are going to good situations, I think. Yeah. You know,
2: there's no shortage of options here. This is like, I've,
1: it's I've kind I've of different hard. than like, yeah, it's like when we talked about the edge, I feel like there's a lot more it's
0: reverse
2: depth yeah. at corner. I will say Jay Shaw started four every game for four years in a row. Yeah, like he is, he's a productive. Like if you do that and you were a 2017 recruit, why haven't you gone to the league yet? That's what I'm saying. He's not upside limited. He's yeah. He's not like going to be a guy that's going to be
1: like. He, maybe he gets all conference because he puts up the numbers. And, you know, like when, for most, let's be real, when most people vote for that stuff, they just look, how many interceptions did you have? Okay, this guy's second, so I'm going to put him on my team. But I think that he's a very solid prospect in that he's not going to hurt you at all. Like you could throw him out there, put him in zone, put him in man, and you're going to be comfortable with it. You're not going to worry about him. Like he's not going to be perfect, but he's not going to be actively hurting you like some guys do.
0: All right. I think he, I'm
1: going Bernard. I'm fine with Bernard. I mean, again, there's really, there's no wrong answer here. There's like five right. or six guys we could all kind of just go over. and
3: We're kind of just splitting hairs with them. Danny? Oh, so he'll stick his nose there for I'm with you guys on Bernard. And, and uh, we got Bernard, Ricks. And then our nickel. McAllister. Gonna yeah, be McAllister.
1: So two of our two of our all transfers are former Oklahoma State defensive backs. We are sorry, <laughs> Oklahoma State fans. Once, yeah. Also, oh, Converse is gone too.
3: Though. Yeah. Shout out to uh David in the chat. <laughs> He's an Oklahoma State fan pointing all this out and Spencer uh Sanders back at quarterback. His hopes are not very high for Oklahoma State. David, we're sorry, buddy. Right. But it's gonna be okay. We
1: promise.
0: Yeah. All right. The easiest Surefire will not be a bust, might be at safety. Brandon Joseph was a superstar from the moment that he started playing college football. And yes, he had bananas interception numbers in that first season, and it did lead to accolades. It was like the perfect combination of he was a really, really good player. He had huge plays in big games, and also he had the numbers. So it was like whether you were breaking down film or whether you were just pulling up CFBStats.com and sorting by passes defended, you were still going to wind up thinking that he was one of the best players in the country. A freshman All-American, he's got nine interceptions and six pass breakups in in three seasons across 22 games at Northwestern, and where is he going? He is going to step in to the role that has been held down uh, by Kyle Hamilton one of the top safeties that we've seen in in college football over the last couple of years. So, I mean, that's like, if we've got other other flowers we want to give to Brandon Joseph or stuff that stands out, but I would guess that this is the player that, Bud, you were referencing earlier when you were like, this this is not going to be a bust.
2: Yeah, to me, Ricks probably has the higher ceiling, but uh, I just don't really see any way, absent injury, that Brandon Joseph busts. He's going to fill that Kyle Hamilton role, I suspect, and, and do really well at Notre Dame. So to me, he's he's in. Mm-hmm. He's, that's a, such a devastating loss for Northwestern.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was working on their win total this morning, and uh, I, I remember talking to Marcus Freeman about him. Uh, you know, probably a couple months ago, and he was he was as excited as we are, obviously. Uh, but I think when you look at surefire locks of fitting into a system, being productive. I, I think this might be one of the better... like We were talking about Rick's being a safe pick. This one might be one of those locks, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a unanimous vote.
0: Okay, so what's the other safety position?
3: Can I share a story about about the uh young
2: thing? Yes. So we're at the co- coaching convention, had a couple beers, and this coach, we were talking about Transfer Portal, and he's like, I'll tell you what. I think that BS uh, defense that Iowa State runs that three safety you know sag everybody else because clearly this coach doesn't run that defense yes he's like you're gonna you're gonna start to see guys transfer out of schools that run that because it doesn't actually showcase and prep them for the NFL which again coach over a couple of beers you know whatever they're, they're letting loose He transferred to a school that runs the exact same same thing. So I think that coach was wrong. I texted him. I was like, "Eh, just a little off there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I think he's transferring to a place where he's going to be able to show on tape that he could cover a little higher caliber of receiver. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I I would agree.
0: Uh, Yeah, Sheen Young, a former three star prospect with an 89 rating from the 24 7 Sports Transfer Committee from Iowa State, arrives at Ole Miss. Christian Gonzalez. from Colorado shows up at Oregon. He's a f- former four-star prospect with a 90 rating from the committee. And uh, of course we already named McAllister uh, now at Ohio state from Oklahoma state as our nickel, uh, other nickel options. If we want to just slot them in as safeties, Latavius Brini from Georgia to Arkansas, former three-star prospect with a 90 rating. And then Devani Reed, uh, another central Michigan shows up again, central mm-hmm. Michigan to South Carolina, former three-star with a 91 rating by the 24-7 Sports Transfer Committee.
1: Yeah, I like Reed. It's kind of the same situation with I had with Troy Brown earlier, where it's like, I I wonder how his size will hold up in a new stop, like moving to the SEC. But he was a very productive player for four years for the Chippewas. Like He was a regular starter. He was one of the team's leading tacklers every single season. So I think that you know what you're kind of getting there. It's going to be interesting to see how he performs, though, in the SEC.
2: I, I like Reed as well, Tom. Um, I mean, I, I like all of these guys. I, I don't know as much about Christian Gonzalez, to be honest. Um, I, I know that a whole lot of guys left Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't. Uh, there must be a blind spot. I, I don't really recall watching him a lot. What about Tennyson from Auburn? How how productive was he though? That's yeah. That's. I think that was more of a really good athlete type thing. He's got four years left.
0: Where's a full name?
1: Ladarius Darius
0: Tennyson
2: Listen, from
1: Auburn. Where'd he land? He landed at Ole Miss. And it's like clearly Ole Miss <laughs> was like, We need we need to help at safety because they've landed Tennyson, they landed Ashim Young. But I just feel like because it's it's weird to know with like the Auburn situation because with a lot of these kids, sometimes you understand what's going on. But like with Tennyson, it's like, is he was there just not a path to playing time or is he just moving because of everything that
2: was going on off the field there where he was just like, nah, yeah, I'm gone. My guess is is the the latter. Um I think just for compiling the team for this year, Ashim Young is going to start over LaDarius Tennyson, right? Yeah. So, like, if we're going to pick an Ole Miss safety, I think you have to go uh, Young.
3: I'll go Young. Bring that five-star culture into Oxford. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> yeah, like, too, Like, you see a Matt Campbell, like, coached guy. Like, he, like, I think it could be a real good influence. I think I could really use a little bit of that in Oxford. So, I'm, I'm going to go Ashim Young. He gets my vote. I'm going to go with Devani Reed because of that South Carolina hype video. <laughs> but
2: we already i i think i think south carolina has done a good job in the transfer portal you know we didn't pick a whole lot of their guys here because i think they have a lot of a lot of dudes who are you know second or third or fourth best maybe in, in the portal um so i'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go read here so I, guess, two, I think that's a good get
0: we two need a tiebreaker three, two for Reed, one
2: for young can the chat uh can the chat or, or wait or, who did chip who did chip vote for sorry
0: um, fire up chips Devani Reed yeah see you <laughs> gotta go with
1: chips he's chip
0: I mean just there, there's something about the Jim McElwain Central Michigan experience that I am attracted to I just I, I really really trust everything that's been uh, that's been going on there so It's, it's, a, it's a, pre- good. he's had good teams he's had good teams <laughs> they play good all right let's review the entire squad We started uh, uh, at the edge position where we got Jared Verse, now at Florida State, via Albany. And O'Shawn Mathis, not committed right now, though we think that Texas might be the leader there. He was at TCU prior on the interior defensive line. Uh, Our alpha there is Makai Wingo, now at LSU from Missouri. And then also with him, at now at Oklahoma, via Hawaii, Jonah Laulu. At linebacker, we've got Jackson Sermon uh, showing up at Cal from Washington, and Drew Sanders, the former five-star, who will be playing for Arkansas after starting his career at Alabama. Four to five, so you know that we're staying modern with this. Uh, our number one cornerback, Eli Ricks, now at Alabama from LSU. We also are adding to that. Let's uh, see, mm-hmm. where's our sec- our second cornerback? Is Tanner McAllister? who's mm-hmm. a little bit of a hybrid. We got Brandon Joseph, now at Notre Dame from Northwestern. Devani Reed, now at Central Michigan. Oh, f- now at South Carolina from Central Michigan. That's one, two, three, four. Who's our fifth? Did we forget the... To- uh, oh, Jerick Bernard. Jerick Bernard, yeah. Jerick Bernard, uh, now at LSU via Oklahoma State. So Ricks, Bernard, Reed, Joseph, and McAllister. That is our five-player defensive backfield.
1: I think we're going to a bowl
3: game. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many... How, how many games does this team win? I think we might have players opt out of the bowl game because they're going to be so good and they're not going to want to play. <laughs> Is there any conference this team doesn't win? Oh, we're not winning
1: the SEC. I mean, we're not winning the Big Ten. I don't think we're beating Ohio State with this squad. I don't
3: know if we're beating Clemson.
1: I mean, I think offensively we could do some damage. I don't know if we've got enough up front on the defensive line to really –
3: to really- yeah, I think defensive line I think w- w- is is clearly a, a, a negative. Mm-hmm. Who's this surprising team on here? I think I've seen a lot of Arkansas names on our list of either actual guys that made it or transfers, and they're not quite as high because they don't have the big name quarterback transfer. But Arkansas,
0: up. Ole Miss, LSU are all pretty. Yeah. But like Ole
3: Miss and LSU are like the the you know transfer portal king and Lane Kiffin and LSU is the number one rated class like those to me like obvious but Arkansas just seems to be kind of flying under the radars. Sam Pittman Pitt might be building something. Yes, sir. he is building.
0: something. He's building a massive slobbering hog statue outside his house, <laughs> looking over the water with red lights underneath it. That's what he's building.
1: Incredible. <laughs> Wouldn't we all though?
0: Yes. yes right. let's uh i want to this one was a pretty pretty good question before we get out of here it's it's gonna be a little game this question comes from joe and reminder if you want to add a question to the mailbag and we we do like some of these you know fun competitive you know pick your own flavor kind of thing uh we're, we're always welcome to your ideas all right joe says love the show guys all caps all year long right we don't stop thought of an interesting game Who makes or returns to the playoffs first? So we're talking like right now moving forward with all factors in play, such as conference realignment and playoff expansion, all factors in play. One, two, three, four, five. All right. So I got five uh, different either ors and we don't need to like rapid fire specifically, but I I do just want to hear You know what, what everybody's gut feel is who makes it or returns to the playoff first. Number one, Texas
3: or Texas A&M? and and m Isn't that kind of easy? Texas. Wow. Path. And we're going expansion too? Well, yeah. What is the crux of the question
2: here? Uh, wh- when does Oklahoma and Texas go yeah, to the SEC? Yeah. The longer they hold out, um, the greater the odds are for Texas because the Big 12 in its current form is a much more winnable league. Yeah, but it's been that way forever. Yeah. Texas has That's not true. gotten there. <laughs> but
1: neither has a And M. a And M. Yeah, but a And M was at least close. They were two, just, two seasons ago. Yeah,
3: ask them; if they think like they got hosed. Yeah, like Texas. When when has Texas
2: been close to a playoff berth?
3: And do think, think it's better they the- didn't
2: go? In some ways,
3: like like that yes. team would have got smacked. Yes, it's also you got a better chance to get two, whether in four, if it's. With expansion, you know being in that conference which well if Texas is then in there too, I think it's Texas a m and i I don't think it's that close I'm surprised chip's going with Texas and I was Mr. Longhorn last off season I need to I, I'm stopped buying the hype on Texas I need to start seeing some actual results history uh, will yeah. reflect kind on us Danny yes. last
0: last last season uh um not last season all right uh Notre Dame or lSU the Brian Kelly conundrum.
1: Notre Dame,
3: because it doesn't
1: have to go through Alabama, Texas, AM. and <laughs> m
3: Do you see their schedule next year? They got a, the Ohio State. I mean, that's next year, so we, they're always playing a tough schedule. Yeah. you got a tough slate next year, though. Um, yeah, I was working on their win total
2: this morning, and I'm
3: – I think they might take a little step back. Like nine, but, nine and three?
0: But how long is it going to take LSU to get there? See, like Notre Dame's got two playoff ber- berths in the 14 model.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And AM is no, signing no the best defensive LSU. line class. Right. But I'm saying like like uh, other competition for LSU. Uh, that's
3: I've why I feel Notre like Dame. Notre yeah. Dame, too, get they don't have to play a conference championship game.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like they play a difficult schedule every year, but every year there's only like one or two at most like behemoth opponents, whereas the rest, they're usually going to be favored by decent amount against so I feel like if you're LSU there's a lot of, there's more than that games where you're not going to be favored every single this season.
3: this year it's Ohio, Ohio State USC on the road Clemson and then I think they have to go to Chapel Hill which is like yeah. is that a tough game for them we don't know yet it might be but it might be a you know three touchdown win too this one's disrespectful Miami or Clemson
0: <laughs> Clemson
3: Yes. Did he offer Miami or Florida State? That's not an option. That's not an option. Because I think that one's more interesting. Far That's more
1: Miami. interesting. Miami. It's Miami.
2: Miami. <laughs> Unless you think Florida <laughs> State recruiting is going to turn around in a major
3: way. They were top five class, weren't they, before Travis Hunter? Player or was it top ten?
1: I think it was top ten. Yeah. I just, I just have more faith in Miami's QB situation right now. Yeah. Fair.
3: Um, I'll all abstain. Right.
0: The obligatory. Listen, hey, uh, the Iron College basketball podcast is fantastic. And obviously now is the time when you should be listening to that if you don't already to be able to get everything you need. Gary and Matt are in New Orleans. And I I preface all that because I'm about to – I'm about to reference something. We do have a crossover audience. Like y'all know Short Round from the chat? Mm-hmm. Like I heard Short Round win a Paramount gift card on the Ion College Basketball Podcast. So I know we've got some crossover audience. Shout out to all of you that listen to the Cover 3 Podcast and the Ion College Basketball Podcast. But uh, I say this to say that uh, in the words of Gary Parrish, there's no internet problems in Norman, Oklahoma. No, the internet is lightning fast in Norman, Oklahoma. We have found ourselves to be the recipients of all the good internet that is working very, very well in Norman, Oklahoma. But I love that the listeners that are not involved uh, in this rivalry love it because uh, Joe asks in the question, and the obligatory, who makes or returns to the playoff first, USC or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. USC.
1: Oklahoma. I think cuz I think Oklahoma can get back to the playoff this year cuz the Big 12 is open. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're I, gonna, would, I think they're the favorite in the Big 12. I don't know if I USC like, is the favorite in the Pac 12 yet.
0: I would like that for Brent Venables, you know, like just uh you you could see the the way that that story bubbles up and is a fun one to tell about him, you know, going back to Oklahoma, the blessing of Bob Stoops, like healing uh the, the pain for a fan base and leading them to a big 12 title that they did not win last year. Didn't even get a chance to play for I, it. would be a cool story to tell, but in my either or vote, I'll go USC.
3: They got a race to get there because when they go to the sec, so that's like, say, like if you phrase the question, who, point. if you
1: phrase it, who gets there next, I'm going Oklahoma. If you phrase it, who gets there the most in the next 10 years, I'm going
3: USC.
0: No, it's next. Like this, yeah. it, these are all races. So I'm going it Oklahoma for next.
3: Is it three years? Three years is the – what's the date? Is it two seasons or three seasons when they're supposed to make the move? I think it's
1: 2025.
0: Yeah, so at three, least three.
3: Three full seasons. But are, do we really think that's going to last?
0: I like the Big 12's position of nope. Right.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it, the pettiness of it too. It's great. Yeah. Have fun. You guys are, you guys are stuck. You're going to sit it out with us right here. Yeah. I just think that sometimes you just got to rip the
0: band-aid
1: off. Like once your new schools join, let them go.
0: Oh, but then the new schools get Oklahoma and Texas. That's a that is a good thing for Houston, Cincinnati, BYU and UCF if they can get in one home game against the Texas or Oklahoma, that's it's good for business.
2: Yeah. But who would you give? I I didn't give anybody yet. I'm okay. really trying to think about this. Um Man.
0: I'm going to go USC. Okay. Uh, And finally, Tennessee or Ole Miss. So we got to game this way into the future.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're assuming none of these teams are making it until they expand the playoff, right? Correct.
0: That is my working assumption. I'll say
3: Tennessee because they play in the East.
2: I'll say Tennessee because they're they're doing a really good job yeah. of, of buying good talent right now. So uh, I'll go Tennessee. Not easy. I'm gonna go old miss. Oh
1: my concern is I, f- I think that it, once they expand, if like Lane keeps putting together 10 win seasons, he's gonna get in at large.
3: Oh, so you think Lane's sticking around for the that's long
1: that's long. the wild card. It's <laughs> like, does Lane take another job before then? I think Do you think like, he can get hired somewhere else? I think if he keeps winning ten games a year at will Miss, yeah. Okay.
0: I think that Tennessee's infrastructure is built to withstand coaching changes, and that if they need to make a move on Hypol, or if Hypol gets a, another job somewhere else and ends up going to leave, I think that everything about the the, the operations at Tennessee and around Tennessee football will allow for that that program to continue uh, an upward trajectory. I'll go Vols. All
1: right. Well, here's one more for you guys that our questioner didn't ask Illinois or Northwestern.
0: <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Has Illinois. Northwestern been to a Rose Bowl?
1: Psh, no. Yes, it has, <laughs> but it was a long time ago. It wasn't
0: as recently as Illinois, right? Damn straight. It wasn't. Yeah. Seen it. I mean, that's a, that's my ultimately like it is unfair. But my Texas a and um, ceiling is, is like I don't know. Have we seen it? <laughs> have have they been able to flip all these resources and passion and everything else into getting it all the way across the finish line? Like Texas, at least had the uh, Texas at least was with um, in 08, 05, 08, 09, Texas was operating among the best programs in the entire country. And that's definitely more recently than the last time Texas A and M can say it was operating on the field. Results among the best teams in the country, but it's fair. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of talent.
1: I just love that you're pitching Texas A and M has a lot of things in the way, and then you're saying Texas on the other hand, <laughs> not too many, <laughs> not too many cooks in that kitchen, no sir. <laughs> They're both flawed, all right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both the same, which is the greatest thing about the rivalry where they both claim that they're not rivals and all that kind of stuff. You're pretty much the same schools. <laughs>
0: they, they, they don't realize, because like, they hate each other so much. They don't realize that if they just turned around, they'd be standing right beside each other. Mm-hmm. They're so far off in the distance. Love it. Absolutely love it. We will be back Monday, noon Eastern time here on the Cover 3 podcast. You can watch us live at youtube.com slash Cover 3. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank
3: you. See you.